Hi, this is Ivy Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I'm also the host of Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, and I'm the editor of the anthology, which you should run out and buy, called Moms Don't Have Time to, a quarantine anthology. All proceeds of that book go to COVID-19 vaccine research. And I'm the editor-in-chief of Moms Don't Have Time to Write, a new publication on Medium, and we're accepting submissions, so please send your personal essays there. And if all that isn't enough, you can follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens, and my website is zibbyowens.com. Okay, now back to this amazing podcast. I'm so excited that Audible is a sponsor of this podcast. I don't know if any of you listen to Audible, but I listen to a lot of audiobooks to prepare for this podcast, and I always use Audible. In fact, recently when I was sick with COVID, I listened to The Nightingale on Audible, which I had started while walking the dog, but I was laying there and couldn't even focus, so I just listened and listened, and it was amazing because I love Kristen Hanna. Anyway, you can go to audible.com slash Zibby or text Zibby to 500-500 to get a month free for your Audible membership, which you should definitely do. They have way more than just audiobooks if you haven't checked it out lately. They have a new offering called Audible Plus, the Plus Catalog, which gives so many things like words and music and podcasts you haven't maybe checked out yet. So definitely go to audible.com slash Zibby or text Zibby to 500-500. And if you're like me, you'll listen to a book on audiobook like I did when I was sick with COVID and couldn't even like focus on reading at all. So I listened to Kristen Hanna's The Nightingale. And that took me through my whole time in bed. <laughs> so please go to audible.com slash Zibby or text Zibby to 500-500 and enjoy it. I am so excited to be interviewing Ariana Huffington and Marina Kadekel for Your Time to Thrive, End Burnout, Increase Well-Being, and Unlock Your Full Potential with the New Science of Microsteps. Ariana Huffington is the founder and CEO of Thrive Global, a leading behavior change tech company helping individuals, corporations, and communities improve their well-being and performance. She is also the founder of the Huffington Post and the author of 15 books. Marina Kadekel is Thrive Global's head of content development, bringing Thrive's corporate and consumer audiences compelling multimedia storytelling and actionable science-backed advice to help lower stress and improve well-being. She has been a top editor for national media outlets, including Women's Health, Glamour, and Cosmopolitan. Hello. Hi, Zibi. Hey, Zibi. How are you? Good. I just so love, love, love what you're doing. Thank you. Nothing is more fun than, honestly, what you're doing. I feel as having written 15 books, I think it's the most wonderful thing to have all the support you're giving authors. Oh, I love it. I It's like a joy for me. You know, even when I get stressed out, it's like, how can you be stressed out about having to read all these amazing books? It's like getting worried about eating too much ice cream or something. Like it's a, it's, it's like a pleasure. It's a total pleasure. I was reading this book during such a stressful time where I was like, oh, I've got to prep all these books for the week. And, and I'm like reading this book being like, okay, <laughs> this book is telling me that I have to calm down and take small steps and get some sleep and all these great tips. And I was like, all right, well, this book is hitting me at just the right time. So thank you for that. And how far is small steps, not, not nothing big. Which is great. 
sometimes it's the step at all, taking any steps. You know, it's kind of like weight loss. It's like you can't lose weight until you stop gaining weight, right? That's like the first the first step. It's like one thing at a time. Love that. Well, I loved how both of you wrote these great introductions slash forewords and really started off the book with sharing from your hearts about what was going on and that there's like no better way to get into any type of book than I think than hearing the experience of the the editors of the whole thing. So I was hoping you two could talk about how your your personal vested interest in the micro steps and and getting all of these amazing concepts out there and helping other people have their time to thrive. Yeah, I mean, I I can start. So we actually started writing this book, Zibby, before the pandemic. So we were already in this epidemic of stress and burnout. Things were already bad and we needed to change the way that we worked and lived. But then the pandemic hit and myself and the other editors working on this book are, you know, we went into quarantine. Our lives, like everyone else's, were turned upside down and it became even more of a mission. Like during the pandemic year, not very many people were thriving (laughs) and the i like we had we had this mission statement there's nothing wrong with aiming big but you can help yourself by starting small so microsteps became more core to what we were doing than ever because the idea of a big life overhaul during this overwhelming pandemic was pretty laughable like no one no one had the energy or wherewithal for that so we leaned even harder into the science of microsteps these are tiny science backed actions you can start doing immediately to start seeing you know benefits to your well-being and form form healthier habits so you know it it was hard to thrive during this year but the small steps really helped us personally and your step was not picking up your phone for the first minute or so after you're yes, awake, right? Yes, that, yeah, that is my favorite micro step. So I noticed, you know, in the pandemic, I was doing the thing where I would roll over in the bed in the morning and grab my phone and look at it even before like my eyes were fully open. I think a lot of us sort of do that. And I was experiencing this palpable anxiety spike that would take hours to go away. Like my heart, I was like, what is happening? I knew I didn't like what I was feeling. So I just challenged myself to do the micro step of taking one minute to not look at my phone after I woke up, either drink a glass of water or take a few breaths or even set an intention for the day. And it really solidified why it was so bad that I was doing that before. And it's like when you start your day on your phone, you are focusing on what other people want from you, like your emails, what other people are inspired by their social media if you scroll, and you know stressful headlines of the day rather than focusing on what you want from the day. So when I stopped doing it and just took that minute, I flipped how I went into my days. Like I I put myself and my intentions first and that made a huge difference and even like how I interacted with people and the energy I brought, you know, to my work and and to my friends and family. And again, I'm not always, you know, I I fall off the wagon. <laughs> We're all works in progress. I don't do it every single day, but I really try to do it every day cuz I noticed a huge difference. All right. I'm going to try it. Yes. And actually the way Marina's favorite micro step is how she starts her day. My favorite micro step is how I end my day. Because the truth is that nobody really has a natural end to their working day. We have to kind of declare it. And I like to declare the end to my working day, which is not the same every day, but whenever it is, by turning off my phone and charging it outside my bedroom. Because that's basically the time for me to begin transitioning to sleep. And we have all the data that shows that 
72% of people sleep with their phones on their nightstands, if not cuddled up with them. And really, they are on their phone, texting, handling things until they can't keep their eyes open anymore. And then they turn off the light and go to sleep. But they haven't had this transition that helps them slow down their brain. Uh, even though they're physically exhausted. So their brain wakes them up in the middle of the night and then they can't go back to sleep. And that's the most unproductive time. And then, you know, of course, you're frustrated because you can't sleep. So you go to your phone, which is right there in front of you, which makes it harder to sleep. So it's a vicious cycle. And really what we love about our micro steps is that they are all based on science and on ancient wisdom. You have four children, so you know that when your children are little, you don't just drop them in bed. You have a whole transition. You give them a bath, you sing them a lullaby, you read them good night moon. Well, we need a little transition too. So another micro step is start with a five minute transition. My transition now gradually has gotten from five minutes to 30 minutes. And it includes having a hot shower or a hot bath to wash away the day, having dedicated PJs. You know, normally I would wear the same T-shirts that I wore to work out, not literally that day, but, you know, not having separate sleepwear, which sends another message to your brain. And I always love to read physical books in bed. Nothing on Kindle or screens. There is something wonderful and tactile about holding a book and often even like getting so drowsy that you drop the book to the floor and it doesn't break. It's like you have a camera on me in my bed late at night. (laughs) I love it. Real books, right? Real books, yes. And occasionally I only get a book you know, via email or something. So even last night I had my laptop, you know, on my lap in bed and I was trying to read. I was like, this is terrible. I'm just not doing this. And so I closed it and like picked up a different book. And I was like, I'm just going to do this one again. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm so glad you say that. And I love that you have books behind you. It's, It's the best house decoration too. Oh, thank you. Yes. My new color-coded books here. (laughs) Yeah. And I love your whole concept of the minimum viable effort, because I feel like so often we're all trying so hard to do everything perfectly. And the idea of flipping that on its head and being like, actually do the worst, do the worst, not the worst, but just the least you can do to get it done. And sometimes that's okay. And that leaves, that's just such a huge weight off my shoulders, right? Tell me about that that mind shift. And it's also like not depending entirely on self-control and discipline. You know, we all think, oh, that's okay. I'll put the phone on my nightstand, but I won't look at it. No, you will look at it. Uh, oh, you know, I'm, I want to lose weight, but I'm, it's okay. My fridge is full of ice cream and bad carbs and sweets, but I'm not going to touch them. No, you are going to touch them. (laughs) So I think we are saying in the book that organize your environment to make it easy for you to take these micro steps and make better choices. Make it easy for yourself. If you don't want to eat Doritos, don't buy Doritos. (laughs) 
And if you don't want to go to your phone in the middle of the night, charge it in another room. So minimizing the amount of willpower we have to use because willpower is very easily exhausted. That's true. It sounds so simple when you say it like that, but yet the hard part is not, maybe the hard part is not buying the, not, I don't like Doritos, but buying the chocolate chip cookies to begin with. Cause that's, you know, now we've got to, got to go backwards in time here and figure out how to stop the purchasing. <laughs> <laughs> or, or give them away. <laughs> Or give them away. And I loved also the notion of how if we had a doorbell that rang like every two minutes, you would just disconnect the doorbell. You'd be so annoyed by it. And yet we let our phones like ding their way into our lives all the time. And we are all okay with that. So I just love that idea of like disconnect the doorbell. It's like such a great sort of mantra for trying to disconnect in general. Yeah, exactly. It's part of setting your environment up to serve you rather than making yourself a slave to that doorbell or that phone. Yes, which so many of us are. And I loved also as a, you know, <laughs> professional-ish podcaster that one of the chapters was all about listening because I feel like that's such a big, huge, important, rejuvenating part of like what I do every day is listening to other people and I get so much out of it. And to have a whole chapter sort of dedicated to the benefits of connecting and hearing and really active listening was great. And I think it's not talked about enough. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as human beings, we are wired to connect, right? We And this pandemic has made that a lot trickier for a lot of us. We're not seeing people the way we used to. We're not traveling. It's so important to strengthen the connections that we have in our lives in all the ways that we can. One way is that idea of active listening that you mentioned, Zippy. It's like we are engaged members of the conversation. You know, one micro step is you know, once a day have a conversation where you mostly listen and and don't speak. And to your point, it's really become hard for people because their phones are always around. And there's actually research showing that when your phone, even if it's flipped over and not lit up, if you see it with an eyesight, you're a worse listener and you're a worse connector. And other people, you know, see that you're distracted. So it's so true that, you know, fostering those connections with each other and also, you know, listening to ourselves and and having that conversation and dialogue with ourselves is super important. I love that 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 you really resonated with that. Totally. I feel like personally offended when I'm trying to talk to someone and they have their phone, even if they're like, no, but I'm just doing whatever. Meanwhile, I say that all the time, but when somebody does it to me, I'm just like, you know, you must not really care about what I'm saying. (laughs) Our phones have become so addictive that even the people we love the most, our children, our partners, have to compete for our attention. That's really what's happening. And we always feel the phone is so much more interesting. Uh, It's colorful. It covers everything I care about, from politics to entertainment to music to podcasting. So it's so important to, again, make it harder to lose yourself in rabbit holes. Like if you're addicted to Instagram, as my daughters have done, they've just removed it from their phone. So if they ever want to go on Instagram, they have to download the app (laughs) all over again, which is obviously something they're not going to do randomly. And whatever whatever our addiction is, let's make sure we make it harder to engage. And anybody who 
has dealt with alcohol or drugs know that if you are trying to kick off the over-drinking habit, you are not going to put a bottle of wine on your nightstand. And the same applies to the phone or the food or anything that tempts us. And another thing, Zibi, that we talk a lot about in the book is habit stacking. How can we use existing habits, things that we do automatically, like brushing our teeth, washing our hands, to stack a healthy habit on top of it that doesn't take any more time? like remembering three things we're grateful for. That's my absolute favorite healthy habit, and it has a huge impact on reducing stress and anxiety because literally anxiety and gratitude cannot coexist. And it takes no extra time, and it's just a matter, again, of building that habit-stacking habit. I do that. I have a love that micro step and I do it in the morning and at night while brushing my teeth. And I, I've like start, started challenging myself to think of three new things each time because you always start with like my health and my family, like the, the you know, like the, the main things that you're going to say over and over and you feel guilty if you don't say them, but it's more fun. Like I know I'm grateful for my health, my family, but what else? Like I saw a really cute puppy today or like my niece got into the college of her choice. Like I challenge myself to, to, think of new ones. And it's, it snaps me out of whatever funk I'm in instantly. I love that. With my kids at dinner every night, we always go around and say like, what was our best today? What was our worst today? What was the time we laughed the hardest? And what was our most challenging? So I feel like that's our way of like stopping and even thinking about the day, right? And what we are grateful for. And then like once a week we do like, what are we, you know, what are we grateful for this week? But I don't know if I could do it every time I brush my teeth, but I, it's a goal. It's a goal. (laughs) You know, little things like my lime in my water, you know, it doesn't have to be, as Marina said, just the big existential things we are grateful for. That's true. And you had so many people quoted in here, like Charles Duhigg, who was one of my first guests. We went to school together. And, you know, I recently interviewed Jen Sincero about her habits. And so I've actually spent quite a bit of time, like, analyzing habits and all of mine and what I can change and what I can't and what I could add. So I liked having that in here as well. It all adds up. I'm, I'm listening in some way. <laughs> I was just going to say that at Thrive, we always joke, but it's true that we drink our own champagne. So in each chapter, you'll see a microstep diary by somebody who works at Thrive who was challenged to try a microstep themselves. And some had more challenges than others, but I always find it so interesting, as you were saying, like, what's Charles Duhigg actually doing? To see voyeuristically how other people enact micro steps in their own lives. And, and we have plenty of that in the book. Now you have so much Tom Brady and Hoda and like every, you know, all these people, it's like every page. I was like, how did they get all these? It's amazing. <laughs> so this must've taken a lot of work and time and effort to compile all the different quotes and people and tips and experts. I mean, this is a lot of work that goes into this book. But we feel it's really important to bring storytelling into the book. The micro steps are science-based. You have all the quotes from the scientists like that you mentioned, but we also need people from all walks of life because you may identify with Hoda, my daughter may identify with Selena Gomez, a businessman may identify with Jeff Bezos getting eight hours of sleep. We wanted to cover the waterfront because we found that storytelling is such a huge inspiration and motivator. Very true. 
yeah, there's nothing quite like it. <laughs> Best way. So tell me what's going on with Thrive Global. How are you guys doing throughout this pandemic? How do you individually thrive? And like, what's going on with the whole business? Kind of a big question. It's been, but... <laughs> it's been an amazing year for Thrive because everything we founded the company to do and the stress and burnout epidemic, recognize the connection between well-being and productivity, prioritize mental health and resilience. All these issues for many of the companies that we are working with were no longer just nice to have. They became imperative and essential. So we've grown really fast. And one of the things we're very excited about is that we are not just working with people who, like us, have the privilege to be able to work from home during the pandemic, but with frontline workers. We work, for example, with the 2.2 million associates at Walmart, most of whom work from the stores, and they have to show up at work. And that, of course, can be incredibly stressful during a pandemic. But with these micro steps, or as we call them also, one better choice around food, sleep, breathing, movement, family, finances, we've had amazing success. In fact, we, we track it on our Instagram and Facebook accounts that we call Thrive Zip, ZP. And you're going to be so moved by the stories of people who even during the pandemic have made so many better choices that they reversed diabetes, got closer to their families, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. That's amazing. And so what's, what's next? Do you have a whole, you must have like a whole list of books that you want to write or is, is this it for now? No, we've got a couple, we've got two more books coming and we are, you know, talking about down the line doing children's books because, you know, who needs tiny steps more and who could use them more than kids? Oh, talk about micro steps. Micro, micro. But we love the idea of getting on this journey with your children even your young children, one of the concepts in the book is what we call having an accountability body. You know, somebody who has your back and helps you on the journey and you help them. So I love the idea of, you know, a mom and her child picking, let's say, an affirmation, something that they say every day that connects them to their strength and resilience and and the child picking up an affirmation and reminding each other to do their affirmation. So reminding each other to repeat what they're grateful for. I think it, it brings people, it brings families together. And we see also when it comes to our relationship with our phones, how important it is to teach phone hygiene to our children early. So a lot of the micro steps we have in the book you can start using with your children around not sleeping with your phone, not taking your phone to, to the dinner table, all these little things. The sooner you start your children with, um, the faster will, they will become part of their lives. And it gives you all something to celebrate. Like, yes, I did my micro step today. One tiny win that you can celebrate every single day, you know, with each other. It's just, and you strengthen that muscle and then you continue to do it and 
do more and more and form better habits. But I love that idea too of like holding each other accountable. Like who's better than kids at holding you accountable for something? Totally. I feel like Apple must not like you guys very much. <laughs> You're like the anti the anti phones over here. No, I'm kidding. We, no, we're not. We're not anti technology at all. We believe in tech for good and being intentional about how we use our tech. But you know. Tech can foster a lot of great things and it can foster connection and it can also, you know, make us addicted and stressed out. <laughs> yes. Some of the, some things that are great can very easily become addictions, but at, at their core, they, they used to be good things, you know, <laughs> one glass of wine or something. So what advice would both of you have for aspiring authors? Oh, the most important thing for aspiring authors is to start. You know, not to feel that you have to have it all figured out in your mind, but to start somewhere and to make sure that you don't expect the first draft to be the final draft. That kind of frees you up. I I find that was something I had to learn the hard way because I'm such a perfectionist that I could literally agonize for hours over a sentence. And then I started tricking myself and putting question marks on the margin, meaning maybe I'll change that word, but I'll keep going. And then when you go back, you either realize, okay, that was the right word, or you know exactly how to replace it. You have to allow the flow to happen. And even if you start with, if if this is not your primary job, you start with 10 minutes while you're having your morning coffee and you put something on paper. And there's nothing easier than writing once you you have already written something. (laughs) So it's not the confrontation with a blank page. Absolutely. And and I can say for... For me, when I, it's so funny, it it like came into focus when, when I was working on the focus chapter and I was multitasking like, like crazy and multitasking is terrible for us. And we get into this in the book and irony of ironies here. I was like texting and, and answering emails while working on this chapter about focus. So for me, what really helped was just blocking off like 20 minutes at a time to, to work. And then you know, stopping and taking a break, but being intentional about that time. I love it. I feel like some of the mission of what I'm trying to do is so aligned with what you guys are trying to do. I mean, yours is much more specific and and professional, but I'm trying so hard to help moms and just busy people in general, not forget all of the important things in life, right? Like we only get to do this once and we should try to do it the best way we can. And here are some of the the things and let's not take ourselves too seriously in the meantime. So I don't know. I just love your whole message and it's so important. And the book in particular, Ending Burnout, Increasing Wellbeing, Unlocking Your Potential. These are, this is great. I mean, who doesn't need this? This is perfect. So thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss it. And maybe there's some way we can do more stuff in the future. That'd be fun. We would love that. And thank you so much, Zibi, for what you are doing. We absolutely love it. Thank you. Thank you. And we look forward to much more together. Thank you. Me too. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks so much to audible.com for sponsoring this podcast. I hope all of you will go to audible.com slash Zibby or text Zibby to 500-500 and download some audiobooks and check out their new popular plus catalog for so many amazing things and get your free trial for 30 days. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 